This is the Neurosurgery Podcast. Welcome back to the Neurosurgery Podcast. Today, very delighted to be joined by Rory Breslin. Rory is a nurse practitioner in the neurosurgery department at Rush. Uh, She did her nursing training at Rush, actually, one of the oldest nursing schools in the country. And she agreed to come on the show today to talk about this growing trend and the shift we're seeing nationwide that everybody's talking about on the news about more and more nurses shifting towards travel and agency work in the past couple of years during the COVID pandemic. Rory, welcome to the show. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, now I obviously know you and I get to work with you every day, but for our listeners who don't have that privilege, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself? Um, yeah, I um, went to um, undergraduate nursing school in uh, at Villanova in Pennsylvania, and then um, started my nursing career in Colorado, and then moved after doing some travel nursing, uh, moved to Chicago, and got my um, went back for my master's, um, and then later my doctorate at Rush, and now I'm at Rush. I uh, work on the inpatient side in neurosurgery, um, and then I'm also uh, teach at the College of Nursing. Great. And now the fact that you worked as a travel nurse for some period, that's obviously going to be very relevant to our conversation, and we're going to get into that. Just to contextualize everything, I I did a a little bit of homework, and and just so we're all on the same page, though, I think this won't surprise any of our listeners or anyone who works in or pays attention to healthcare. Uh, Just to put some numbers on things, there was a, a survey from the American Association of Critical Care Nurses in September of last year, and so that was kind of at the peak of the pandemic. Um, and over 6,500 critical care nurses responded to this survey, and no surprise, over 90% reported that there were depletion in nursing staffing at their hospital. Over 60% said they were thinking about leaving the profession because of their experience during COVID. Uh, three quarters said that they felt threatened with their safety and well-being because of this surge in patients. And, you know, many, many hospitals that responded to this said that they were facing severe furloughs, layoffs, and trouble with staff retention. Um, and interestingly, during this period, there was this surge in travel nursing work. And many nurses reported that by shifting to travel or agency work, their salaries would increase by five times, even 10 times as much. Um, they stated that there was appeal in being able to live in places they couldn't formerly afford, like LA or New York City. And having the flexibility to travel in between assignments. All of this, you know, these facts are not what we want to discuss today because I think most of us know these things and the appeal of that would be obvious if you think casually about it as a young person, maybe just out of nursing school. But Rory, you know, as someone who works as a nurse practitioner, worked as a nurse, and in fact worked in travel nursing before, maybe you can talk a little bit about what is the appeal for uh, this kind of travel or agency work versus sticking with a uh, solidified single position at one hospital. Yeah. Um, so I think you do bring up, you know, many of the points as to why people do go into travel nursing. Um, I I personally went into travel nursing after getting a few years experience because I just thought it was a nice way to a get it, get nursing experience. Um, and kind of challenge myself to become a better nurse by working in an uncomfortable or an unfamiliar environment. Um, so that was one thing that was an appeal for me. Um, but it was also that then I could go travel into different 
states and see different places and I didn't have to be there for an extended period of time. Um, that was very appealing. Um, financially, obviously, the pay, the pay, I think the pay for travel nursing now is, is higher than it was then. Um, then we were getting bonuses. Um, but yeah, I think that's very appealing, especially I knew I was going to be going back to grad school. So to make some extra money, it was obviously, uh, you know, a, a very appealing. Um, and I just felt that if I didn't do it then, um, as my life went on and I went back to grad school, I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity. I um, do think that in the midst of the pandemic and with COVID, I think that people are, um, the jobs have become stressful. And I think travel nursing gives you the opportunity to not be locked down. Um, and I think, I mean, you and I both can can relate. During, during the pandemic, our lives went on, right? We still pretty much went to work for the most part each and every day. Um, I still had to get child care. I, my routine kind of was the same. I was deployed, you know, during COVID, but I still had to show up at work. And I think that from the healthcare perspective or nursing specifically, you know, I think it's hard when you see all these people working from home and working remotely and having much more flexible lifestyles um, with the pandemic. And, and then you're like, oh, I'm a nurse. I have to show up at work. So I think the travel nurse thing now does give you a little bit of that more flexibility or your significant other can re work remote. So let's go live in a different state for three months. I'll do travel nursing and you can work remote. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of appeals to it, but um, and you and I briefly talked about it and we can talk about it more is, you know, what, 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 what your goal in nursing is. And I guess what the long-term professional goal you have is so. Right. And I know you do a lot of training and education work at the nursing school at Rush in addition to your work in our department. And I'm sure you have conversations like that with the students that you work with. Um, what are those conversations like these days? Have you heard different things about people who are in training and going into nursing right now in terms of what they're looking for from the profession and what they anticipate their careers or differently their jobs will look like right out of nursing school? I can't say that I've specifically, um, what they specifically want coming out. I think the, you know, I, I do think that early, like some of these students are, are not, a, don't have that picture perfect idea of what they want. Um, but I do think that a lot of them will say to me that they're just, they just can't do this bedside nursing anymore. They're just exhausted. Like the COVID thing's just been so stressful or, you know, there's just not enough help or there's too much expectations of nurses at the bedside. Um, so um, that is a challenge. I, I mean, I think for me, as you go back to school and you're becoming a nurse practitioner, I think that, that you're going to feel the same way. I mean, the weight that's on you, um, if you really want to give back to patients and families and make a difference, you do. Ha it, it is a lot. I, I, um, so I don't think that going back and getting you know, your degree is going to make it any easier. I think it's just a shift or it's a change. It's something different. I think bedside nursing is very challenging. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that, I, I think that the, these, these, you know, nurses, they may not have, or the students do not have necessarily exactly what they want to do, but they're just looking for some sort of change, some sort of ability to not be there in the thick and thin of it 
every moment with, you know, limited ability to say anything or flexibility. Yeah, you know, in, in listening to you talk about this and thinking about or at least trying to put myself in the position of some of these students or people going back for more advanced training, I wonder if some of the appeal of the travel work and the agency work is for people who are maybe working towards, you know, at, in the start of the conversation, we I, I talked about this growing trend among nurses already in the field saying, I, I, I can't work anymore, I'm going to leave the profession, but maybe a first step down that road of terminal burnout, if you will, is, well, I still want to be a nurse. I still want to work with patients. But if I, you know, leave my permanent position and do this travel work, I can work for a couple weeks and then take a couple weeks off and work for a couple weeks and then take a couple weeks off. And so maybe there's some appeal and the ability to take extended breaks instead of, you know, working however many shifts per week, every week being at the bedside. Um, in your experience, I guess, working with the nurses at Rush and uh, any of the students or trainees that you interact with, what what do you think underlies this growing sense of burnout and growing sense of fatigue during the COVID pandemic? Is it the, the maybe the obvious or the cliche thing that it's just more hours and more patients uh, that are increasing demand on just the time at bedside? Or is there something different about the overall culture in the air and, and the the emotional sense of, of everything during this pandemic? I think it's a combination. I do think, um, you know, day in and day out, I think, um, you know, dealing with COVID patients um, and going in every day and masking up and every time you go into a patient's room, getting gowned up and it's exhausting. It's, it, it is exhausting. I did it. Um, it's tiring. It's, it, you just kind of get get over it. You're like, I just don't want to have all this stuff on me. And then the, then then now you see that no families can be there. You don't have the family support for the patients. To me, that's extremely hard emotionally. And then you're trying to be the communicator between the patients or if they can can communicate and their families and trying to, you know, ease the families who are going through so much because they can't be there. And then, then it is the emotional part that you work so hard to try and do everything to get these patients better. And then some of them don't make it. And it's, I think there was a lot of death and dying and people were seeing it and it's just exhausting. It's, you know, I think in healthcare, I talked to one of my friends who's a um, nurse anesthetist and we talk about this often, like in healthcare, I think, I mean, John, we see like death and dying way too often, right? And yeah. when you hear us to the average person, we kind of, I guess, not take it for granted, but it just doesn't affect us as much as like somebody that is like, oh my gosh, I this person died and it's devastating. And it's, you're like, okay, well, people die, right? That's kind of how we see it. Um, but I think with COVID, there was so much of it that it, I think we became, it, it definitely started hitting us more than it normally does as healthcare providers. Um, I think it's just, it's, I think people just had a reflection, like, do I have to be going through this? Do I have to be just so depressed all the time about it? Um, you know, it, it's that double-edged sword. You're helping people, but you're also, you know, just feeling so down about seeing it. So, so what is, what is the right thing? And those, some of those are just personal, just personal decisions. decisions. Yeah. And you know, that's a really interesting detail that, you know, 
I think most of our listeners are within the field of neurosurgery or adjacent to it. And at, at least me personally, um, listening to you describe the experience of nursing during this pandemic, you know, I get annoyed and I get fed up and burnt out, if you will, about having to gown up and mask up and, and all the things it takes to go in and see a patient who is diagnosed with COVID, especially at the height of it, where people were, you know, PUI under investigation. And, you know, the frequency with which I would have to do that in a day at work would annoy me. But imagining a nurse in our ICU, who, you know, doing Q1 neuro checks, and then administering medications and checking blood pressure. And every time they hit the call button, at the amount of time per hour that a nurse has to enter a patient's room and imagining fully suiting up to do that and taking it off and putting it on and taking it off throughout the day, that would burn me out. So that's that's a really interesting little detail is to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, I wonder, though, because now that, you know, knock on wood, it seems that case rates are going down and, and we're once again starting to come out of this latest phase of surgeon numbers and lockdowns, et cetera. I wonder if we're going to see a shift back towards uh, normal, you know, full employee nursing at hospitals, or if, you know, it, it's kind of in, in every industry, people are talking about, well, will people return to the office? Will people mm-hmm. keep flexible work schedules and work from home? Do you think, and this is just purely you, people you talk to, knowing the mindset of nurses and just looking looking at the field, do you think some nurses who in the past two years have shifted towards travel and agency work will come back to more traditional employment models? Uh, you're, you know, you're someone who spent time doing travel work and then migrated back, you went back to school and now have a permanent position that was obviously in a different context. But as someone who made that transition yourself during your life and career, do you think people will move back towards normal employment models in nursing, or do you think uh, this might be a shift that sticks in the field? I do think it's going to level out. Um, do I think it's going to, you know, completely go away um, in the short term? No, um, but I do think it's going to it's going to level out. I think that. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to saying like. The reason that I I like being part of an organization, I like helping teams grow. I like being, you know, being consistent, having ownership of my, you know, of my patients, being um, ownership of our team. Um, So I like that commitment in terms of being part of uh, being a full-time employee or, uh, you know, part of an organization. With that being said, um, I do think that hospitals have recognized that and, you know, that they, they need to compensate nurses appropriately because they're losing the good nurses because of salaries. And there have been some laws in some states that they put caps on how much they can actually pay travel and agency nurses. Um, and that is to decrease this nursing shortage or um, or decrease the number of people leaving to go do travel. So I do think it's going to even out. I think that leadership, um, you know, you need to have continue to have great leaders to help support the organization and come up with plans and compensation and um, initiatives to get people to stay on. Um, I think, I, 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 do, I mean, the COVID thing, I think, is going down. So I think that once people kind of get it out of their system, if you will, um, I think that people are going to want to go back to a more permanent overall, I think percentage wise, people want to be in more stable, 
permanent position. Um, I do think that again, like you said, going back to the office, I think that significant others, people are going back to the office, so they don't have that ability to be remote. I think that's definitely got to be a percentage of impacting the number of travel nurses. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's going to even out. I think years ago, prior to when I became a travel nurse, I traveled in like 2005, I think it was, um, you know, there was a surge in travel nursing and then it kind of dissipated, uh, even at rush, you know, during the heat of this or the height of it, all of this, we did, um, have to use some like FEMA nursing, um, and agency nursing, but we've decreased that. Like we don't have any FEMA nurses now. So I think that rush is doing a good job of recruiting and compensating and doing whatever they can to keep their nurses. Um, I think it will even out. I just don't know that it will. There's always going to be some travel nursing. There's always going to be some agency nurses and that should be like good for nurses to go get that experience. Um, but we do have to, as a nation, somehow get to a better place with the shortage. Yeah, of course. Well, Rory, we want to respect your time as, as we come to the end of this conversation. I wonder if you could, um, you know, if you have any message or any words of encouragement for the nurses who are out there still in areas that are uh, dealing with shortages, dealing with uh, increasing demands on the on personnel and the amount that they ask of the personnel that they have at a given hospital. Uh, just again, as someone who has been in uh, a travel position, though obviously in a different context, and you know when things were at their worst at Rush, who got deployed. Um, any any words of encouragement or light at the end of the tunnel for people who are still dealing with severe demands on them uh, in places that have short staff? I think we have to take a deep breath, and I think we need to. Um recognize that we're all in this together. Um, I think that in the, when, when we're all stressed out, it can become 10, it can be very tense between different healthcare providers. And I think that we just need to know that we're all in it together. No one's against each other. Um, and I think that, you know, you just need to work together and then talk, express yourself to leadership and see how, how, what we can all do together to make it better. It's not, you know, everyone's there to try and make it the best for the patients and the families, of course, but also they want to keep nurses. They want to keep physicians, you know? So you just, I think it's that you speak up and, and think about, you know, think of solutions rather than just coming up with the complaint. We need to think about how can we get to this solution and present it. Um, and, and see, it, it takes a lot of work. Um, and that's just like one more thing to put on, but, I, I think if you speak up and you, rather than just say to somebody, do it, you know, you work with them. I, I think there's, there can be good outcomes. Um, I, I think that I, that leadership and even the government is, I think people are looking to make this better all around and making it easier um, or taking some of the burden off of the providers, um, whether it be nurses, doctors, uh, nurse practitioners. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the COVID and that will ease some of it. I know the retirement numbers of nurses as they've gotten older, but we have a lot of young nurses coming out of the school, the nursing schools, um, volumes are, are very high. And I, I think that there's, there's definitely good people coming out that are going to help support this, um, shortage. 
Well, a great message and well said. Uh, Rory Breslin, thank you for joining us today on the Neurosurgery Podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Disclaimer time. The opinions and ideas expressed in this show are solely those of myself, Dr. Wang, and our guests. They do not represent the opinions of any professional institution or organization. This show is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute the giving of medical or legal advice. Listening to or participating in this show does not constitute continuing medical education or any other professional certification. It's just a show, everybody.